as you clarify your framework, you clarify what makes you different. You're no longer trying to attract a marketplace that's somebody else's niche. Let's say that. Like, I'm not trying to go steal clients from you because they want your processes. Mm -hmm. If I can outline what my niche is by getting clear on what my framework is, I'm going to pull people who want things done this way. They Mm -hmm. haven't seen a framework like this before, so they didn't know it was possible. So I'm not stealing clients from anybody. I'm attracting clients who haven't found a perfect solution for them yet until they saw mine. Hey babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just wanna sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses, and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. We have Emily on the show today. I know you guys probably know her. I share a ton of her content. She is such a rock star in this space. Emily, welcome to the show. Tell my audience a little bit more about you, who you are, and what you do. Hello. First off, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and get to chat to all your peeps today. If I don't know you guys yet, if we haven't met, hello, my name is Emily Sincata. I am a brand and business strategist for online coaches, course creators, online information space people. So if you have online services, you are my ideal client. I help you. And what I specialize in is helping you get to the root of what makes you unique. Find your special talents, find your secret sauce, and use that as the springboard to create these really amazing one-of-a-kind experiences, offers for your clients. Amazing. So I'm going to dive right in. No small talk here. One of the (laughs) things that I know that you are so passionate about talking about is niches. And I feel like this can go so many different directions, but let's dive into your reasoning on why you believe niching is so important. Yes. Uh, I will talk about niche until I am blue in the face, until the day that I die, until this business no longer exists. And you know, the reason I love this is because I actually, like, sometimes I'm I'm like for niching and sometimes I'm not. So I'm like, I want to bring Emily on to like dive into this topic. Absolutely. Here's my little, like my little pet peeve, my little unpopular opinion about niche. Everybody who says you don't need a niche has a phenomenal niche. They just don't understand that what they have is a niche. And yeah, so, so I always I say love- like, I don't niche down, but like you guys, I a hundred percent niche down. I only talk about sales. Yes. But so there it's go. there. Sometimes we just don't realize it. And I completely understand why I think niche has shifted over the years. It used to be just a very clear cut definition of like, okay, who is the sub segment of the marketplace that you're talking to? What do they look like? How old are they? What are their demographics? But that's really not what niche comes down to anymore now that we have these really saturated markets and especially in the online space where it's not very clear cut every single time. Here's exactly what the product is. And by looking at it, you understand it. 
a lot of times there's a lot of nuance that comes in. There's a lot of layers in our products or in our services, I should say, as service providers and how they improve our clients' lives. And so they're these very inherently niche offerings that we bring to the table, meaning they're not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like to tell people about your niche is it is your corner of the internet where what you have, you are speaking to people who want exactly what you provide and they want it the way that you provide it. So it's no longer about finding, okay, how old is the person that I'm talking to? How much money do they make? We can look at all of those things, but what we're really looking at is what does everyone have in common that I serve And it's not really what do they look like, it's what do they want? What do they want from me that I can provide and how do they want that service to be provided? Mm -hmm. And so finding your niche is less about what does the person look like? And it's more about, well, what do I provide? What's unique about me? Mm -hmm. I always say, you don't pick your niche, you create it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so good. And I think exactly what you just said. I think so often people are like, oh, it's a single mom and she, you know, drives an Audi and she lives in the Midwest. And it's like, no, what are you solving for the Midwest mom who drives an Audi who lives in the Midwest? It's like, that's what you solve for her. And then that's the solution that you provide. Absolutely. And that's where I think people get really stuck on their niche too, because it's like, well, I can help a mom, but I don't have to help a mom. It can be somebody else too. And so I love to tell people step away from the who for a second, because Mm -hmm. a lot of times the only qualifier we need for that person is that they want what you have. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on the who exactly like we're saying, focus on the what, Mm -hmm. what do you bring to the table? What are you selling people? What are the results that you're getting them to? And what's your unique way of doing it? Because Mm -hmm. those two things together, the results that you provide and how you bring them to the table, how you get people those results, the people who want it that way, that's your niche. And that's what what qualifies them. That's what groups them all together is they want this solution the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. And so this opens up a lot of freedom in how we think about our niche. But I also want to just put this out there. That means sometimes that your niche isn't going to sound like this cute little package Mm -hmm. of, you know, exactly how to articulate it in two words of like, oh, it's 24 to, to 34 year olds who, you know, have two kids and they live at home. That's not what we're doing anymore. We're describing a whole segment of the marketplace. That's like, I serve these people in a unique way. People who want to be served this way. They're my niche. Yeah. Because that's exactly where I talk about on the podcast all the time, right? Like I don't niche down to online business coaches. I don't niche down to realtors. I don't niche down to men and I don't niche down to women. I niche down to sales. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, this is exactly what I'm assuming Emily is talking about right now. Absolutely. And you have your way of teaching sales. Mm -hmm. There's other sales coaches out there, but they do it different. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can you start to look at, well, what are my processes for teaching sales? What is even deeper my framework? And this is something we can all do in our businesses, whether you realize you have a framework or not, Mm -hmm. what is the way that I get people to results? What's my framework? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to unlock so much clarity around, well, what is it that makes my services different than what exists on the marketplace? And how do I start to articulate what my unique niche is? Yeah. I just had this conversation with my mentor, Chris, who I know you know well as well. We just had this conversation this week. It's like, how do you walk people through a process? What is your signature framework? This then becomes your IP, right? It's like, again, how Emily teaches somebody sales, is very different than how I teach somebody sales. So like, how is your framework? And again, what is that? So again, I love that we are having this conversation. Why do you think a lot of people don't talk about their framework? Do you think that they don't know it? Think they haven't taken time to break it down? What do you think it is? 
I think it's all of the above. You know, I think sometimes, especially as service providers, and especially if you're in the coaching space where you work one-on-one with people, it can feel like everything you're doing with each individual client is incredibly individualized. And if you don't take a moment to step back and consciously look at, well, what are the patterns? Yes, I'm getting everybody there in a semi-unique way where I'm meeting them exactly where they're at and I'm helping them shift through certain things. But there are always going to be overarching patterns, especially if you find that you can get multiple people results, right? So as soon as what you have is proven where you're like, yeah, I know that I can do this for people. I know I can get you to these end results that I promise. There is a framework there. There's a methodology. You may not just have taken a step back yet to realize what are the stepping stones here. And this is a really important thing for us to learn to articulate for ourselves because the clearer that you can make this, the clearer you can outline, here's my process for getting you from A to B. Well, one, the clearer you can differentiate yourself because now all of a sudden you're crafting your own way of doing things, right? You're not another fitness coach that just teaches macros. You're not another web designer that just makes beautiful beautiful designs. What is it that's different about your process? Because now you're going to create a whole new marketplace. This ties in so beautifully to niche, because as you figure out what your process is, that's a different solution, right? Your framework is what sets you apart. Mm -hmm. So as you clarify your framework, you clarify what makes you different. You're no longer trying to attract a marketplace that's somebody else's niche. Let's say that. Like, I'm not trying to go steal clients from you because they want your processes. Mm -hmm. If I can outline what my niche is by getting clear on what my framework is, I'm going to pull people who want things done this way. They Mm -hmm. haven't seen a framework like this before, so they didn't know it was possible. So I'm not stealing clients from anybody. I'm attracting clients who haven't found a perfect solution for them yet until they saw mine. So it all plays together. It's the, mm-hmm. This is why I get so excited about this. I'm like, the better you get at your framework, the better you get at your marketing, the clearer people could understand it. And the more you carve out your home online. Yeah. I hope this, this is making sense, like how this all plays together. No, it's, it's so making sense. And this actually brings up one of my favorite things to talk about online. You guys, we all know people steal each other's content, right? People steal my content literally all the time. They take, they take my content, they take my things, right? When you have a framework, Taking somebody else's content is only going to be able to get them so far because you can't walk Mm -hmm. them through the back end stuff. You can't now, like, let's say I did a post that said like how my client hit 10K in 32 days. If somebody took that piece of content and literally redid it and posted it, they're most likely not going to be able to get my client the same results with my framework because they don't know the framework. So this is why having your processes and having your framework and having your IP is so key because only you can get your client's results because it's your signature framework. What are your thoughts on this this subject? I made a post about this. I think it was yesterday. Oh my God, I I don't even know that. I love this conversation. Because I don't know about you, I don't follow other business coaches because I keep my head like in the sand. Exactly. And it's like the more you outline what your framework is, the less you feel like you have to look externally because you're not trying to follow somebody else's method to success. You're creating your own. Mm -hmm. But what I like to say about this is like when you are feeling like you need to do what other coaches are doing. So that's usually where the urge to steal content comes from, right? Like you see somebody else succeeding and it's like, well, this works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do it on purpose, we fictitiously the group, but sometimes it's almost subconscious too, where you don't even realize how much inspiration you drew from somebody's post. You were just like, oh, I see Jill and she's killing it. 
And that post really embedded in my brain. I feel like I need to be talking about this too. Mm-hmm. And then we end up with these copycat coaches. But if you find yourself doing that first, I want to say like, it's okay. Like take a beat, mm-hmm. but realize that what you're doing is you're trying to jump into someone else's established niche and find success in their niche. Like we're saying in their frameworks, mm-hmm. and that's never going to work because exactly like you just said, Jill, like when you don't know the processes, you don't know the framework, it's yours. Yeah. It's the creator's. But two, they already own that niche. Mm-hmm. They already own that marketplace. That's theirs. Mm-hmm. They've carved it out. They have the market share there. Yeah. So what you're going to be doing, even if you find success, like let's say you copy the post, mm-hmm. it hits a new audience that hasn't found Jill yet. And so they start to follow you. You're fighting for the scraps though. Mm-hmm. She's going to dominate that marketplace because it's her. she's going to own that niche. So mm-hmm. you're fighting for scraps. And then eventually, guess what? People are going to find the original creator. And then they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. It feels like a lot of what you have is really just a, like a down trickle of hers. People are going to figure it out. So it's not a long-term solution anyways. The antidote to this feeling of I need to compete with this person is really, like you said, putting your blinders on, maybe unfollow people that you realize are having this subconscious effect on you, subconscious or conscious, and really get clear on what makes me special. What makes my way of doing things unique? Yeah. One thing I do know about you, because I mean, once in a while you'll come across, I actually find you, I see you a lot on the Explorer page, which congratulations, by the way. But one thing that I do know about you is that like your branding looks nothing like other business coaches. Like I know that you have like the purple, the black, the white. So like, I love the fact that you also don't look like every other business coach out there. Just like I try to look like every other business coach out there. I don't want to be hot pink and like all the other business coaches out there. I'm assuming that is intentional as well as a marketing guru in this space. Yes. So first off, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I Shout am. out to Monica and Girl Squad, by the way, too. Oh my gosh, yes. Our, my photographer. I just hired so I her for my her. event. I know she's coming to your event too. Oh, yay. Oh, more clients for Monica, you guys. She's the best. Go for Monica is company. the best, you guys. Shout out to Monica. <laughs> Huge shout out. But yeah, so I'm going to have a super vulnerable transparency moment here where this was a conscious shift. So I, when I started my business, it wasn't too long ago. I think we're actually at the two year mark coming up pretty soon. But even that, it feels like maybe the last year of my business when I was like, okay, we're really in this. I know what this is now. Like, let's go. I was so absorbed in my mentors for the first year where this was starting to happen to me, exactly what we're describing, where it was like, I jumped into their niche. And I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And my content did start to look like them. And I hit a moment where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like -hmm. I could see it happening. I hit the brakes and I was like, we need to to sidestep this influence a little bit. Not that anybody is doing anything wrong who's influencing me. It's just, it's not me. I've lost my voice in this a little bit. And so I did exactly what we just mentioned where I put a lot of people on mute who I was like, I love them. I love their content, but right now the pull, like their momentum and their niche and their voice is stronger than I've created for mine right now. And so it's too easy for me to get swept up onto their momentum and start speaking like them and sharing their opinions instead of spending that time doing the uncomfortable work, making the messy posts where I'm like, I don't know if this is me yet. I don't know if this is my brand yet, but I'm going to test some things and find my voice along the way and really get clear on what my niche in this sub market of business coaching is because mm-hmm. your sub market, like business coaching, that's not a niche. No. That's just, that's a, that's a sub market. There's so many sub niches within it. So for example, Jill, you do sales within it. I do brand and business strategy. That's all under the umbrella of the sub-market, which isn't even a a core market. It's a sub-market of the marketplace, right? So 
I had to put the brakes on and say, Emily, realize this is happening, one. And then two, let's redirect here. And there's going to be, if you're in this right now, there's going to be a phase where you're like, shoot, I don't know who I am. (laughs) I, I don't know what my voice is. I don't know what I want my posts to look like. Have fun in this phase and lean into it. Mm-hmm. It's messy action. It's going to be clunky. You're going to have some posts that totally flop. But what you're going to do is you're going to have that clarity that is going to be, like I said in my intro, I really mean this. It's the springboard for mm-hmm. everything else you want to do in your business. When you get to that core of this is how I want to show up. This is how I want to present my material. This is how I like to speak. And so for me, like the purple is kind of a funny example, but it's such a good one. Like everything in my life is purple. Mm -hmm. And so when I was like, I'm using someone else's brand colors that don't really resonate with me because it's, you know, the hot pink that everyone else is doing. I'm like, what's my color? What do I like? And purple was the easiest first answer. And my branding, like even just the visuals of it got so much easier when I just dropped back into, well, what do you like? If you go on Canva and you look through some templates. Yeah. What, what naturally grabs my attention and mm-hmm. it's all going to snowball from there. But step one is just putting the brakes on and being like, okay, who's influencing me right now? Even if they're a positive influence yeah. so strongly that it's pulling me out of who I am. Yeah. And I think it's, I think you said a couple of things that are, were very powerful there. It's not a, like you just, it just happened naturally. Right. So I was very similar to you. I was in the the same circle that you were in. And I was being coached by someone very similar. And it was like, it just happened. Like I just happened to start using pinks and my, my voice started to be the kind of the same. And it was like, it wasn't even intentional. It just happened to be that way. So then it was like, I almost lost my voice to the point that I was like, I don't even like wear hot pink. So why am I even like using <laughs> hot pink in my branding? Right. Like my daughter does my brand. Right. She does my graphics. And she was like, mom, like, it's hard for me to like put hot pink on your stuff. Cause like you don't even ever like wear hot pink. So I think it just happens like subconsciously, like we don't even mean for it to happen. And I think it, exactly what you said, it's almost like coming back to like, who are you as a person? And I love that for you. And then again, now when I do see your stuff, it does come up. It literally does stop the scroll because it is so different. And that's what's I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. When I see purple, I'm like, Oh, that's Emily. Like there it is. Right. And it, let me just tell you, it also has such a classier look now. Mm, thank you. Yeah. And that is like, I'm, I'm a simple, like clean lines kind of girl. And yeah. so it does feel like home now and it's more fun to create. And I just want to like solidify what we're saying here of this is a very, I don't want to say natural, but common thing that happens online. And I think people are almost a little frustrated with it too. Both the creators who feel like they're not using your voice. This is where we end up getting that imposter syndrome is where we're trying to show up as someone else, whether we realize it or not. So this is where so much of that imposter syndrome starts to come from. But also as consumers, it's a little strange to look around and be like, why are all these coaches in a similar field making content that looks exactly the same? Yes. Your people can't find you. And this Mm -hmm. is the important point. The people who need to hear things the way you like to articulate things, they can't find you if you're still stuck in that web of influence. Yes. And sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is just hit mute, even if it's your favorite creators. Yeah. Even if it is. Yeah. I just had uh, Rico on the show yesterday, that podcast dropped yesterday, and he's an influencer and a video creator. And he said, What I see in this space more than anything is coaches making content for each other instead of making content for the consumer. It's like they're almost trying to compete with each other. Like, oh, I'm going to like up this person's content and and create a better post for this coach. And he's like, 
quit trying to compete with the other coaches and start literally making content for the consumer. And I was like, that is like the most golden mic drop moment I've ever heard. And I was like, it's so true. It's like, even I find myself doing like, okay, well, I saw that person's piece of content. I got to like up it. My consumer yep. doesn't care what my content looks like. She just wants value and me to solve her shit. Mm-hmm. And this is where we can tie it back to some of the things that we were opening up with around, you know, we, we try to get this picture of our ideal client. And sometimes we confuse that with our niche being like, okay, I'm talking to a mom of two who's, you know, 29 years old. She has a job, but she makes this much. This is where when we're making our content, we do want that person in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if there are other people, like if, if that is not the full representation of everybody you can serve. But when you're going to make content, it really helps to have one person in mind. Agreed. One clear person. A great example of this concept is if we think about the brand anthropology, the brand anthropology has a very clear ideal client avatar. She has a name. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but they design everything in their stores, all of their clothing to be appealing to this one person. I don't fit that archetype. I've read their archetype. I'm like, I'm not that person. However, I love what they do because Mm -hmm. it is so clear. And also that version is like, there's a piece of that girl that they're speaking to, that woman that they're speaking to who I wish I was. Not like on a, I wish I was someone else, but it's like, I, it's a fantasy almost of, I want that version of me, that piece of me to be activated when I buy your clothing, when I'm in your store. Mm -hmm. It's that same effect that we want to have when we are talking to one clear person. It's not that that's the only person we're going to serve, but we're creating a clear line in the sand of like, This is what my brand is, what I stand for and how we create. Mm -hmm. If this is attractive to you in any sense, whether it's just like a small piece of you that you want to be activated by this type of brand voice, this type of talking to you, this type of solution, you know where to find me. You know, I'm going to be consistent in this. Mm -hmm. And so you don't end up turning off people who don't necessarily 100% align with the way that you do things and the way that you're speaking to this consumer that's in your brain, but you create clarity. It becomes crystal clear of this is how you do things. This is how you show up for the people in your world. And so it doesn't have to be a perfect match. Like, don't worry if you're like, well, there's some people in my audience who aren't a mom. That doesn't mean that your stuff isn't going to be attractive to them if you do speak to your ideal client like it is a mom. It's just creating this strong point of attraction for everybody else to be like, oh, I get it. I get what Emily's world is about. Yeah. I mean, you guys think about your favorite stores that you go to, right? Think about when you walk in, you know if that store is designed for you or not, right? Like, you know, if you are made for it or not, I'm getting ready to go to Arizona tomorrow. And I'm like, literally like summer shopping. Right. And Mm -hmm. I walked into target yesterday and I instantly went to like the junior department. And I instantly realized that like, I no longer belong in the junior department because I no longer their ideal (laughs) avatar. I don't wear dresses. I don't wear tennis skirts. I no longer, unfortunately, wear crop tops. Like I'm no longer the ideal avatar for the junior section at Target. I now have to go to like across the hallway at Target. It's like, think about this for everywhere that you go. Everyone has an ideal avatar. Make this for your Mm -hmm. own offers, your own branding, all of those things. I was a little bummed that I can no longer fit into the skater dresses. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's funny to say that because I had a similar experience at Target the other day. I went into the junior section without even realizing it. And then I was like, where's the second half of the shirts? Like, like, like what has <laughs> happened? 
I'm like, literally like, <laughs> I'm old. yeah, I'm like, what, what is going on here? Oh my God. Seriously. Yes. Uh, Emily, where can people find you besides just binging your amazing content? And what do you have going on right now? If somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like, uh, I'm obsessed with Emily and I want to work with her. How can they work with you? Oh my gosh. So we talked today all about niche. The first thing and thing I recommend everybody who joins my world does is join my mini course called Niche Mastery. It's $37. It is super affordable and it will change the game for how you do business online, for how you set up your marketing. But come find me. The place I hang out the most is on Instagram. That's where I set up shop. That's where I hang my hat. My handle is at it's Emily Sincotta, C-I-N-C-O-T-T-A. I'm sure we will link it in the show notes below, but come say hello, send me a DM and a really exciting thing that I I have coming up is in, oh my gosh, we're actually a few weeks out here. I am doing a live event in Scottsdale, Arizona, June 12th, 13th, and 14th. It is going to be a marketing incubator mastermind extravaganza. We are going to completely transform your brand and business in three days at this event. So if that interests you, send me a DM on Instagram and we will chat about all the details. Oh my gosh. Well, can you also send me the information? Because I actually leave tomorrow for Scottsdale for six weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I'm literally going to Scottsdale tomorrow for six weeks to just like hunker down by myself for six weeks. So I'll be in Scottsdale doing nothing. So send me all the deets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You'll have to come hang out. I'll send yeah. it to you. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. You guys, thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much for being here until next time. Have a great day guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.